0: Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to One Before I Die, the Buffalo Sports Podcast, episode 143, coming at you this week. Um, similar episode, maybe to last week, I guess. Uh, a lot more Sabres talk here, a lot of hockey talk. That's kind of been the theme of the past couple of weeks here. Um, before we get into training camp with the Bills, I know that's also starting up soon here in Rochester at St. John Fisher University. Now, actually, just changed their name from St. John Fisher College to St. John Fisher University little tidbit there for the folks. Um, But yeah, training camp will be rolling around for the bills. So, uh, you know, we were supposed to go to a weekend Um, tickets just absolutely sold out super quick. So won't be able to make it there. Don't know if Ethan will be able to go to a weekday or not. Um, Sucks that I probably won't be able to make it over there considering it is back in Rochester, you know, right in the backyard here. And um, but with work and everything, it's just not able to go. I mean, people literally scoop these tickets up so quick Um, for the weekend so hopefully I'll be able to go to a maybe a a practice at St. John Fisher I don't know maybe the maybe you know people out there will be able to go but that will be rolling around soon I think they're only here for maybe a week or so um, maybe a week or two and then they're back to Buffalo Um, but yeah I, I guess when that comes around there'll be more football talk more bills talk um, and I know you know we're only you know we're still maybe a few months away from from football here, but I mean it's gonna be coming quick, I have a feeling, and I think preseason starts at the end of August if I'm not mistaken, so that's only like thirty days away or so so I mean before you know it, I feel like we're gonna be start talking about like preseason games um and I mean, I feel like football season always comes a lot quicker than you'd think, so um you know if you guys are out there, Bill's fans only kinda. Waiting for more Bills content. Don't worry, it'll be coming and it'll be coming quick. Um, But for now, as I said, it is going to be more Sabres focused this week as last week was more of a draft recap. The week before was the draft preview. And then, as we said last episode, a couple days after our episode dropped, free agency did open up for the NHL. And it's kind of been a frenzy, you know, ever since it opened up. Maybe not as much for the Sabres. They did make a few moves, but overall in the NHL, it's been pretty. You know, pretty fluid, and there's been kind of a lot going on. A a few surprises, I'd say, Um, but the Sabers did make a few moves that we'll uh, we'll talk about here on today's episode, and I think that'll kind of be you know the main point of discussion here. Um, I don't think there's really anything else. As I said, football's still a little bit away, but in terms of Sabers and hockey, um, I think free agency was the main thing, and then actually, now that I'm talking about it, the other thing is development camp did happen, so I'm sure Sabers fans out there. Saw some, you know, highlights of that. I actually watched a little bit of the scrimmage um, this past Saturday. Uh, I mean, it was pretty electric. I don't know if you saw any of it, but I mean, in terms of Saber, Saber's development camp, like a lot of names, I know we talked about this maybe a week or two ago about a lot of names that are recognizable in their camp, um, you know, these young players in the Sabre system. So talk about that a little bit too, I guess. But um, without further ado, before we get into everything, we'll introduce Ethan. Ethan, how you doing? good you know I had a solid another solid weekend in the books um
1: enjoyed nhl free agency i thought the sabers just made a couple not so flashy signings but addressed some positions and needs that we're going to get into uh i did not watch development camp live like you did but i did catch some highlights and i uh i had some thoughts and i had to was going to ask you a couple questions on what you thought there um but yeah man, I'm excited. Um, July's been traditionally kind of uh, you know the, probably the slowest month of the year as far as sports talk, buffalo sports talk specifically goes, so it's nice that we have some things to talk about, and like you're saying, you know football right around the corner here, it might not be as big of a lull as as the usual uh, usual swing of things just because of the hockey season getting pushed back and things getting moved around, so not a bad not a bad couple of weeks here for for the July season.
0: Yeah, I think it's um I think the the last couple of years have been extremely more difficult in terms of summer months just because of COVID. I think now we've kind of reverted back to everything normal. Like, you know, the hockey se- this past hockey season was completely normal 82 games. The one before that, I think was a shortened season. Um like you said a lot of things moved around, but I think now it's kind of back to the normal groove, you know, full fans, everything on on schedule. Um, and and when everything's on schedule like that and there, and there's not like COVID like shutting everything down, there's going to be more news, I think throughout the summer. So it is a little bit easier to talk about things. Um, and you know, hopefully this rolls right into preseason football and we, you know, we, we continue it going, but, um, you know, let's get right into it here on episode 143. That's what I said. Yeah. 143 at the beginning of uh, this episode. Um, and I just lost my point here. Um, but we'll start with we'll start with the Sabers and the we'll kind of go from I guess like the earlier moves towards the later moves in terms of chronological order of the way that Sabers uh, things happen and the and the news was announced. Um, <clears throat> I'd say the first thing, which isn't even Sabers related but kind of was because we talked about last episode, was Ilya Samsonov was signed to a one year deal. As you know, pat on my back, I predicted that I don't think any team would. I, you know, I said this last week. I don't think any team would give him more than a one-year deal. He ended up going to Toronto on a one-year deal. And that kind of was the first news that I you know, heard on free agency day of a goalie um, being signed. And that one stung a little bit because I said I was open to the idea of having him you know, come to the Sabres for a one-year deal. Probably could have paid him a lot more money than Toronto did. But obviously with the Sabres signing of their goaltender that we'll talk about a little bit later, that wasn't in their plans. But first thing out there was he did sign for a one-year deal. That's what I expected. Um, but then the next news... Uh, Victor Olsen, I think we'll start there because that was kind of the first thing that came out before Sabres made any moves in the UFA market. They signed Victor Olsen back to a two-year deal worth uh, an average annual value of $4.75 million. I sent this to you. You said you like it. Um, do you want to expand on this, on your thoughts on the, the Olsen signing? Good chunk of change for him, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. We have the, we have the room for it. And, um, I think this is almost kind of like a bridge deal, like a Darlene situation, and uh, you know I think both you and I really like like the deal here when it first got announced.
1: Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a good deal. I mean, I I kind of predicted uh, this kind of structuring. I said it was going to be kind of similar to the Darlene contract at a lower number. So what was it? Two years at four, four point seven five. Four point seven five. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair for both sides. I mean, um, Olafson had a pretty roller coaster year last year. Started out like a house on fire, ended up getting hurt, and then kind of came back with a cold streak. But then he ended up finishing the season strong. Um, I think the Sabres fans were pretty divided as far as whether they wanted him back or not. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the size of the contract that he was going to get if he was get brought getting brought back. Uh, based on this contract, I don't think you can be mad at it. It's not like you're paying him. You know, six or seven million dollars a year. It's only two years. The Sabres have the cap room anyway. They needed to get to the floor, so they need to sign somebody. Olafson obviously wants to be here. He's built relationships with some of the guys on the team now. Um, you know, he likes it, likes being a part of this group. So, I think it's a good deal for both sides. Um, and I think it's a you know, four point seven five. I mean, that's not a small chunk of change, but again, it's not like they're spending. they're they're cap strapped and they're not being able to sign other guys because of this deal. And since it's only two years, it's not like you're locked in for six or seven years and then you're going to have problems down the road. So I believe he'll be a UFA at the end of this contract then. Um, So we'll see if he, you know, if the Sabres go and offer him another contract after that. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's a perfect deal to kind of line up with the rest of this core. Um, And I would say he's not, a core guy at this point i would say he's more of like a fringe <laughs> core guy i don't know if that you know what i'm saying though yeah yeah and so i think it's like a prove it contract to see if he is here to stay or
0: not yeah um i think that i think the 4.75 like it almost sucks that because like again the, the the cap it doesn't really matter but i guess what i'm trying to say is like that almost could be a bargain for a guy like him. Cause like he could be a guy that can score 25 plus easily in a year. And if you get a guy that can do that and you're only paying him 4.75 million, that's a bargain. It doesn't really matter. Cause it's not like we're like going for the cup right now. Anyway, and we're matching them up with a bunch of other guys that have high salaries. Like you said, like it doesn't, the cap hit doesn't really matter. I'm just saying, you know, if, if it was a different situation and you're getting him maybe for two years, like, like we do that at less than five mil for a guy that, you know, low key can get, 15 just on the power play alone um it, you know he struggled last year but you sh- he showed at the end of the year what he can do when he's actually on and he's playing with the right people and the, and the team's meshing um so yeah I don't think you can really be-, be mad at this I've always been an Olsen fan even through his struggles last year it, for some reason I thought he was playing better at five on five specifically than he really did in, in the rest of his career last year I found like he, he he started to find something um so I like to see it um, so yeah, that was the first thing kind of that came out about the Sabres. And, um, the other thing I'll add onto is the the two year deal, the term, it seems like as we go through these signings here, it seems like the Sabres have been making like their moves have been a lot to do with two year, uh, deals, you know, with the UFAs and everything. So everything's kind of lining up within this two year window, seeing what they have at the end of it, and then maybe yeah. making the big splashes from there. Um, and so that kind of moves into the next. Guy well, who, I mean,
1: like one more thing on Olofsson though, and I know you're probably a little bit higher on, on him than me. I guess my issue with him is, has been that he's kind of like a fringe second and third line guy. And I guess, I just, like, I just he, think
0: he's like so valuable in terms of special well, I get, teams. I get what he can do on the power play for sure. And I think the he's problem, still somehow underrated by a lot of people. Like I think I've said this all, like all the time, but I still think he's a top five player in the league on the power play. And for some reason he was playing on the second unit last year. Like I think he can, that alone, like brings his value up more than maybe, you know, some people. think. Yeah. But I just think it's, it's tough to play
1: him on the second line if he's not going to play. Like he's, he's not very good defensively and he's not very physical. And so if you're going to play him in top six minutes like that, that's going to hurt you. And then, to play on the third line, you got to have a little bit more – I just think it's kind of tough to fit him in on a five-on-five. Five. But, I mean, he's still young. He can still prove prove me I wrong. It, I thought
0: his five-on-five five game improved last year too. From a scoring perspective. I, I also, I think, I also but... think you can, though, find a role for him in terms of, like, he doesn't really get minutes – like, I mean, this is a completely different road to go down, but there's definitely been guys in the NHL that have been nasty on the power play that don't really get time five-on-five five, and, like, the like, coaches like find ways to work them in. Um you know, he could play maybe like second line some. You know, second line minutes of like a little bit in the game. Move down to third line, like move him around, just so he doesn't play that much five on five. And then you just throw him out there in the power play the entire time. Like that's worked in the past. I feel like with certain guys. Like I, I don't know. I just think that it's just going to be five interesting games, based on.
2: And, it's
0: going to be. And, go
1: ahead. Well, I just think it's going to be interesting to watch this develop over the next couple of years because I mean the Sabers they're going to have to make some choices with some of these guys. Um, with the pipeline of guys they have coming up, right? Because you just can't have the sheer amount of wingers on this team. With the the guys who are in the minors or in juniors at this point, like people are going to either have to be signed and and you go with them, or you're going to have to let other people go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, you got Paturka still coming up. You got Quinn, and then right behind you got like Savoy and the Kulich and Osland and Rosen. Like, you have a bunch of these forwards that are eventually going to be on this team that are part of the future that hopefully are part of this the core right now like these aren't the next generation of guys these are along with the guys you already have so you you look at guys like Olsen, Middlestad, Asplund like those type of players it's either you stick with those guys and maybe you trade some assets you know so so, Mm -hmm. some of these players aren't going to be around so it's going to be interesting to see how Olsen if he you know takes the next step and solidifies his spot on this team or you know, maybe in a couple of years, he's not even on the team anymore, and we got, like, you know, Savoy and Paterka taking his role, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just not physically enough numbers for all of these guys if they all pan out, so. Right, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, with that being said, it, if, if Olsen does play the way he did towards the end of the season, which I think he was scoring pretty well on five-on-five on five as well, and, yeah, maybe he's not going to be the best defensive guy. I mean, if he fits into the lineup and he's scoring at a pace that he was, like, you have to play him, so. Um, I like what they did there. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think how you can really be mad at that deal. I don't think there's any Sabres fans mad that they re-signed him again. Let's see what we have with them. Um, moving on another two-year deal, the next uh, guy that was announced for Sabres news. This is the first UFA signing that came out for the Sabres defenseman from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ilya Labushkin. I think I'm saying that correctly, uh, signed to a two-year deal, 2.7 million average annual value. Um, and, to be honest, this is a guy I didn't really know about when I heard that he was signed with the Sabres. Um, Bob McKenzie tweeted it out, looked him up immediately. He is 28 years old. He's played 211 NHL games. Uh, He was with the Arizona coyotes for the majority of his career. And then he played with Toronto for 31 games last year, seven games in the playoffs. Um, And I I think this is kind of just a physical right-handed defenseman. So, Ethan, you've talked about this a ton over the past maybe six months or so, is that Kevin Adams needs to go out and get a right-handed defenseman. That's what he did here. Another two-year mm-hmm. deal. Seems kind of like more of a veteran guy, even though, I don't even know if he's a veteran. I mean, he's a little bit older at 28, but he's only played 211 games. He just seems kind of like a physical guy on the back end, a right-handed defenseman that might fit into you know that top six. So I don't know where he's going to be paired in. A lot of people are pairing him in the top four already. I don't know if he's there. I'd rather maybe have Yoki Haru there in front of him. I, I just haven't seen this guy play enough yet. I do like the signing though because we did need to fill that you know void at right D. Um, again, another low cap hit, so I, I was fine with the deal. I just don't know much about the guy. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with
1: you. And I, like you said, I was clamoring for Kevin Adams to to draft a, a right-handed defense or sorry to sign a right-handed defenseman in uh, in free agency. I think it was their biggest weakness going into going into the summer. Especially when you have basically your three veterans not coming back, and Colin Miller, Mark Pissick, and um, who was the last one?
0: Um, uh, the, oh, the left butcher, the, yeah, butcher. Sorry, yeah.
1: Game. Um, but yeah, I mean, the two guys that I, I think I mentioned a couple guys on a couple times on the podcast, I even texted you the day before were uh, Manson from Colorado and Gabranson that played at Calgary both of those guys signed deals that were crazy big. So I was, I was glad that the Sabres didn't do that. Cause I mean, those guys are a little bit older. Um, and we are signing, cause I wanted a big physical guy like those guys um, that had some years of experience that were a veteran that could come in and, you know, be more of that older presence in the, in the dressing room for the back end. Cause we have so many young guys there and you kind of need, not a leader because I think power and Darlene can be the leader, but just a guy with more experience that's been around the block a little bit and plays a little bit more physical. So we do have a lot of skill back there. Um, But when I look at Labushkin, I think it's exactly that type of role, just a different type of player, maybe a little, I would say less flashy, more lower value, but can still step in and do exactly what I wanted out of Gabranson or Manson. So I think it's a good sign. I mean, I, like you said, I haven't seen the guy play a lot, so I don't really know what to expect at this point. Uh, top four, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe I was thinking he would slot into the, you know, the bottom six or the, you know, the bottom two right-handed D position. Um, but from watching like some of his highlights and some of the clips posted about him, and the guy looks like he comes up and hits. I'm not so sure about his skating ability. I was looking at a couple of like these advanced stats charts that I can never read but like from the um from the general gist of things it's that he's very good defensively and he's not very good offensively. So I think that fits in kind of perfectly with how our D is formed right now because I think we have a ton of guys that are very good offensively and we have a lot of you know I would say younger guys that are still developing defensively. So um, if he hits, if he stays at home and plays a good, solid defensive game, he's a righty, which we don't have many on the D on the, on our back end right now. I think that's a good signing, but, um, I would pump the brakes definitely on top four. And so we see what we got there. I, I just don't know how yeah. good of a skater he is. The other thing too, is I, I didn't know he was only 28. Like I thought the guy was early thirties, like a little bit more along in his career. So I think I, I like that. I like that he's 28. So he's still got some years left. He's not, you know, I wouldn't say he's maybe he's peak, but you know what I'm saying? He's not like yeah, a 35 he could, he could, he year could old maybe guy be a little
0: like, bit, you know, he, yeah. could, he could have a little bit more in the tank. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that what you said, you saw the clips of him. The, the big thing for me is just seeing like the, the physical presence is because our deco- with Darlene power. And then Samuelson's this big dude, but he's still very young too. Like, like, even way younger than Lubushkin at 28. Like, Samuelson's still, like, what, 23, 24 years old. Yoki Hari's still super young, not that big. Like... I just like having a physical defenseman back there that I don't care if he's really going to be here long-term or not. It's just the fact that, like, for these next two years, he can be there and maybe protect some of our young guys. Like, Powell's going to be a rookie this year. Like, Darlene likes to mix it up. Like, we've, like, come to know that, like, Darlene, which I, you know, love about him. I think that makes his game better is when he gets scrappy and stuff. But he's not the – I mean, he's a big dude, but he's not the most bulky, you know – fight. he's not a fighter, right? He he gets in a situation sometime where he needs some backup. And, you know, having a guy, Labushkin, on the team – he knows that he's there and he can maybe get a little bit more aggressive if he wants to, and he can have some backup. So that's kind of what I like about him. Um, I mean, again, don't know much about his actual playing ability. Like I did watch the Leafs in the playoffs. I didn't really notice him at all. He played seven games. um, So he did play every, you know, every game in the first round, you know, don't know, again, didn't notice him. Um, But yeah, so I'm happy about it. Had the right, needed a right-handed defenseman went out and got one. That's the bottom line. We'll see how it pans out. And again, it is a two-year deal. So, you know, we have him for the next two years. We'll see how this really pans out over the next two years. Maybe we extend him If he, you know, really gels with the group or something, who knows. Um, but move on to the next signing that came out, Eric Comrie, maybe the biggest one that the Sabres made this past week, uh, goalie. He's the backup for the Winnipeg jets. And we signed him to a two-year deal as well. Um, I'm gonna look him up real quick. I forgot his stats that I wanted to look at because he had really good stats last year. Okay, yeah, that's the, that's the thing I wanted to say about this guy. So he's also, uh, so he's 27 years old. So he's yeah, also kind of like some... a a Labushkin type area where he's still, you know, not super young rookie age, but he's not old either. I mean, 27 is pretty young. Has a lot of legs in him still, right? He's only played 28 NHL games. So last year was the first real year that he was up in the nhl for the full time as a backup goalie because obviously winnipeg has hellebook who's a very good goalie um but he was the backup there he played 19 games before that he played a combined of like let me see one four five uh he played nine games over the past like four years before last year playing 19 games so very very small sample size but in the 19 games that he played last year, he had a 2.58 goals against average and a nine and a 0.92 save percentage. So those are – I mean, again, it's only 19 games. Those are good numbers. Um, other than his, like, playing ability, I guess I took a step back on this and I kind of look at this more from a, a wider perspective after the signing was announced and everything cooled down a little bit because I know when it came out, I kind of um, – you know, I DM'd you about it and I was upset about the two-year deal. Um I think the main reason why I was, you know, upset about the two-year deal at first is because, I mean, you know, people listening know over the past couple of weeks, I've been saying, I want a goalie. You know, if you're going to go get a goalie, you know, make sure it's a one-year deal. I just don't know what we're doing with UPL at this point because, and, and I'm not, I'm not even like being like the biggest UPL guy. It's just, I'm still in the boat that I don't think we've given him a fair shake and going into this year now, it seems like Comrie and Anderson are the shoe-ins for the goalies, which I'm fine with like after looking at Comrie and seeing what people are saying about him, like people are really excited about him and, and I, you know, I'm excited about him too. After seeing his stats from last year and 27 years old, maybe he, you know, gets a chance and he can really flourish and be maybe a goalie longer than we thought he could be. Um, and then Anderson, I've been a huge advocate of him as well. I just, I just don't know what the plan is for UPL going forward. And this kind of made it a little bit more sketchy because it's like, when is this guy ever going to even get a chance you know, maybe he, he's never deserved one. I think he has. It's just it just seems like we're kind of you know letting UPL go to waste in a sense. Where I, I just don't know what the plan is with him eventually after the signing, especially like I, that's the only like gripe I had with it. I, everything else, I'm fine with the signing. We needed a goalie. You know, it's been the hot topic. I just don't really know what the like the plan is here with UPL now. Maybe we're just throwing them to the dust because we got Portillo and Levi in the back end. Oh. But it's like what's going on.
1: Well, I don't understand like why like why is it just UPL gonna win the job at this point? Like it's it's just like adding competition to the mix. I mean the Bills but, did but this you for can't, years. You can't,
0: you can't really understand like UPL UPL's been UPL- in the system, UPL's been in the organization for the past two, three years, right? So they know what he does. They they know what they have in him. He's played for the Sabres last year. They know like what he's capable of, they know what he's gonna do in camp. I don't think you can really I don't I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's a fair chance for UPL if you're like, hey, you're going to be determined on going out in camp and winning the job after he already played up in the Sabers last year and did well before he got hurt. I just there's just not a lot of room. okay. Well then, well then, what if UPL goes to Rochester and plays unbelievable? Then he gives
1: the Sabers no chance but to call him up. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a good problem know, to have if that you have always, too many I think good goals been through that already. Like it's just. It, he I, don't know. Ha- he I, had, I don't think he has. I mean, he got hurt for the majority of the year last year. He got hurt when he got called up for the Sabres, and he got hurt again when he's back down in Rochester. Like, I,
2: I just
0: don't know what the, the, the long-term plan is. With it. it just seems like there's not enough room for all these guys.
1: Well, I, I, I mean, Craig Anderson is gone after this. Year. Like, I'm, I, I will be surprised if Craig Anderson even makes it through this year without getting hurt, like I said before. So I, I just think that you need, you, need, you need goalies at this point. And the, and Comrie's only on a two year deal, so if he doesn't work out. You go, eat is what one point seven that he's signed for, and it's not a big deal. You cut him. I'm just saying it's. Yeah, then I mean, UPL's we, two
0: years older, and then he's two years older after. That. It just seems we're, okay, waiting, we're waiting. I mean,
1: he UPL hasn't blown our socks off, and until he's because he hasn't shows, gotten a chance to, because he's been hurt. So I'm saying like. I, I don't know what you're like. I don't know why you're upset with the Comrie signing. I think I think this not is not upset. I, I didn't
0: say I was upset. I said, I, I think it's a, I, I like him. I think he, you know, I like I just don't know what the plan is. Like, that's all I'm saying is I like the, the plan signing. is that you have
1: three goalies right now. You have one guy that's 42 years old. That's going to obviously be a backup like Craig Anderson is in backup mode right now. Mentor mode, probably not finishing the season mode. And then you have a guy okay, that's 27. But- that's a late bloomer. And then you have a guy that's. You keep Younger writing
0: Anderson. And unproven. Off, you, keep, you also keep writing Anderson off like he didn't just have a great year last year. I mean, he played like thirty games. He played like every, I don't know. I mean, he was hurt for a while, but every since he came back, he played like every game and he played very very well. well I mean, look up his stats. I. I. I mean, you can't you can't go into a season like this, the the Sabers for a point last year played like months with Dustin Hauser as their goalies. All I'm saying is, I would have been more. I would have been better if it was a one-year deal to a goalie. I think that I think the extra year is understand. a bigger deal than you I don't you think.
1: understand. I don't. Why I is that a big is. deal? Because wh- if he's, you like I said, if he doesn't, if it doesn't work out, and UPL is an amazing year last year, and he's like, oh wow, this guy's our starter, and you think Comrie sucks, and you don't want to bring back Anderson, like great, cut Comrie and eat his one point seven, or you don't have to resign Anderson. I don't know why the Anderson's only on a one-year
0: deal. Yeah, I guess that's the bigger thing. I forgot the Anderson's on a one-year deal too. I. It- Look, I'm fine with Comrie. I was fine with the signing. I st- like I said, I stepped back and I was like, all right, this is you know maybe this guy is is actually going to be pretty good. Whatever, it, it works out. All I, all I'm saying, and, and I still stick to it, is I just it just seems like everybody was gung ho, goalie, goalie, goalie. Which Okay, whatever, but you, I signed, don't understand
1: your argument though, because you were all about signing Sison- Simsonov last podcast for, for one, one year. year. So how would that change the dynamic of what they just did now? what would be different? You'd still have three goalies going in this year that you're,
0: and you would basically, if they signed some stone off, then it's like, I forgot Anderson was, I guess on a one-year deal. Anderson's probably done after this year. So I guess that changes things. I, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just seems like UPL is not getting a fair shake. And it, it just seems like we drafted this guy to be our goalie. He, he's he's gotten hurt a couple of times, I get that, but he got called up to the Sabres last year and he played very well when he was on the Sabres, and now everybody just wants to throw him out and, and not even give him a, give him a chance. I think this guy could Nobody's be a goalie doing, in the NHL. I don't know what a lot of people are doing that, dude. Like who? You go on you go on Twitter and you have these everybody on the Sabres fans are ranking him as like our 30th worth prospect. Like they're throwing him to the to the wolves already. It just it, well, I, mean, I mean the signing alone is showing that the management isn't right for him to be in the NHL.
1: No, it's 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 not saying that at all. It's adding competition to the field, man. Like it's like UP, UPL hasn't done anything to sh- to say that we don't need to sign another goalie. I mean, UPL has come up and sucked for us. I mean, he lost the job to Aaron Dell in training camp last year. We were we were thinking UPL was going to be again, our two. again a
0: good, but that's again a very valid like reason why tra- like exactly Arundel won the job sucked upl came up and did good like like it's just been like like you like the tr- two-week training camp isn't gonna really prove much like i don't okay I, but i, I mean it's
1: you... you have the season right he's gonna be he's gonna be the Amherst starter no doubt if he doesn't make the team in training camp so if he goes on a run and he wins like 20 games
0: like like better t- for the sabers than the Amherst too that was the other thing i don't okay, know
1: i mean i just don't know i don't i this is crazy that you're 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 talking about signing some Sonov
0: last week, and then Comrie gets signed. And you're like, I don't know what the plan is for UPL. I, I I just said I didn't mind the Comrie signing after I stepped back and took a look at it. Yeah, but I I mean, it's I just everybody's before, very gung. Like everybody was basically like life or death if we didn't sign a goalie. Life or death. Well, because and I, I mean, didn't think it would have been that big. Of, I I guess I'm I'm more so like looking if, in what hindsight as Anderson, like I would have been either way. Anderson, what happened if Anderson gets hurt? And we, let's like, let's
1: say we don't sign Comrie, right? What, what's your plan then? Anderson gets hurt, and my plan EPL is that sucks. we're
0: still in the middle of a rebuild, and it's and we're not making a, a cup run here. <laughs> like everybody thinks we're like making a like a, a miraculous like like we're gonna be the best team in the league next year all of a sudden. No, it's not. It's That's just, what everybody's it's just, thinking. And it's everybody's just putting your disappointed. It's just
1: putting... No, nobody's thinking that. It's just putting your team in the... Nobody wants to have Dustin Tkarsky be your goalie. Like, that's just setting your team up for failure from the start. He was never,
0: never going to be a goalie. he signed sign with the Penguins.
1: Okay, so, like, who would, you, who would be your goalie then? Malcolm Subban? UPL. Okay, UPLs. What if he just sucks? Are you just going to keep rolling him out there if he sucks? And You have Anderson. Anderson's hurt. What do you do? That...
0: That's a given. That's what I'm saying. You need to sign a goalie. Like you, you don't, you just don't have goalies. Okay, then maybe go out and sign, try to a comrade, Maybe sign a veteran goalie that's like going to be like your backup goalie instead. I, I think UPL like deserved Comrie? a chance at the at the job, and they're just they're. I just screwed. don't know what kind I'm, I'm of team goalie UPL. Honestly, I'm just I think he's getting screwed here. Okay, this well I mean, screwed. I hope that you're right because I, I mean,
1: if if he comes out and sucks, then you're going to look like an idiot.
0: Well, I, um, that's my take. I don't know. This is a podcast. I'm giving my take on the situation.
1: <laughs> I just don't know why you're like, you're ready to crown UPL like the next Brian Miller. And I just he hasn't done anything.
0: Because he hasn't had the, I, I don't get what, like my perspective is, look, I'm fine. I've said it a million times. I'm fine with the signing. I just don't. I don't know how you're not seeing that. Like, are you not seeing that they're kind of like you know stalling on UPL a little bit over the past five years? Have you seen them like really like make an urge for him to call him up and actually play a while? Like when he came back from injury last year, why didn't he not get called back up again? Like that's my thing. Is it just seems like they're not giving him a. to well, call him up because they were trying to make a run in the Calder Cup for the Amherst. That was way – dude, he came back way before the end of the season when all those guys got sent back down. He came back way before that. I don't know about that. No, he – I remember that. Like, he came back, and I remember talking to dad, and we're like, why isn't he not called back up again when we're trying out Karski. Like, that was a perfect time, right, like, last year. Like, we're talking about now, it's like we don't want to try out Karski. Like, last year would have been the perfect time to have UPL, like, try when we didn't have any other goalies. Again, I'm fine with having Anderson and, and, and Comrie, and, like, I actually like this Comrie guy. I think he can be pretty solid it just seems like it's, it's more so not just this situation right now. It just seems like over the past like two, three seasons, it's like this UPL guy, It's like he's, he's been a phantom this whole time. We've never gotten really to see what he actually brings to the table. And it's just like he hasn't gotten a fair shake. And that doesn't like, change my opinion on the Comrie signing or anything. It's, just, it's, just, it's almost like a separate thought that I have. And I don't know. I, I don't know how everybody else is just kind of writing him off already. Like, I feel like you, you said you haven't seen people write him off. I, that is very apparent to me that people are just like, well I mean forgot about him. I mean, Twitter. Sure,
1: maybe some people on Twitter, but I'm just—I don't see it from the from the Sabres organization that they're writing him off. I mean, he's 23 years old.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess we're just waiting for him to develop, and it just seems. I mean, like,
1: I'm looking at his stats last year for the Amherst. I mean, we, drafted,
0: we drafted. We draft another goalie this year. We have Portillo and Levi. It's like what? Like I don't know. His stats for the Amherst were not that good this past year. Yeah, because but look, a, I know looking at him, his stats was he played better in the NHL than the AHL. There's some players that do that, and he's one of them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, then. Well, we'll see if he does it this year. He's not going to get the chance. <laughs> yes, he will. If, if Conry sucks, if Conry's awesome, dude, then he won't. For sure not. But that's a good problem. That's a really good problem. And if he's awesome for the Amherts, like, I don't, I don't know what you – like, I don't – this is crazy. Like, you're like, you're like, let's just throw him in the NHL because he sucks in the AHL, but he's had nine good games in the NHL.
0: I think he's ready for the NHL. I don't know. I think he's ready. I mean, to a, yeah. for, I think he's ready for an extended chance. And if he sucks, you, you know, then you know what you got with him.
1: Okay. I think you're in a period sucks, right now. I'm the, glad the, we have two different game.
0: goalies to choose from. But the reason I'm 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 pushing it right now more than anything, dude, is because I've been saying it this for the entire time. Is that right now we're still in this rebuild. I don't want to wait till like next year to see what we have with this goalie. Like, I think in next year, like not this upcoming season, the year after that, the year after that, I think we have a legitimate chance to make runs in the playoffs. Like, that's why I want to weed all this stuff out now if we're going to wait till like next year and, and the year after to try to find the right goalie, it's like UPL is going to be 28 by the chance that we're trying to make a run in the playoffs. And we still don't have like a goal. Like, I don't know. It just seems like right now is a chance to see what you have with these guys when you're not really competing for a long term, Right. It's like when you, you it's when you call up your young guys and, and you give them a chance is when you're not in the position to make a run. I just think that the Sabres actually view- the, the year after, I think we have a, we should be in a good position to make moves in the offseason put a really solid team out on the ice and actually make the playoffs and make a run the year after that, even more so like, and then in that, in that point you want to have your goalie situation already figured out. And hopefully Levi, maybe is up here by that point. But at that point it's like, well, we didn't even really give this other guy a chance. So it's like, I feel like right now when we're still rebuilding, you figure out what you have with your prospects that have been in the farm system for the past three seasons. Well, I think, I I think think he'll get a shot this year. I, I just, I just, I'm again, I'm not mad with the goalie situation going in with Anderson and Comrie. I actually think it's a pretty solid situation. It's, again, it's a separate thought. I just don't really know what the like it just seems like this guy's been floating around and his name's been out there for so long and I just don't know where he's going. That that's well, mean. he's twenty
1: three he's twenty three years old and goalie's developed slow. He's yeah, gonna so start. I for guess the Amherst. I guess
0: hopefully yeah, I guess maybe the next couple of years and he keeps developing and I mean and then he gets a chance and Anderson's and that works gone out, after but, this
1: year, so it's his it's his net after this year. And if he has an awesome season at the Amherst, then I'm ready to have this conversation. But I mean, until he's puts together, like he hasn't played a full season yet. Either at the NHL or AHL, yeah. Like, Can we just can we just talk about that? And you and you're like he hasn't got a fair shot. I'm like, the guy hasn't stayed healthy for a full year, so it's hard to get a shot. I mean, the best ability is availability, and he's not been available. He's been hurt. Yeah,
0: I guess. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fair point. And I guess I, you know, if he did stay healthy when he got called to the Sabers last year, I wonder how the season would have went. Because you know I was impressed with him and he was playing well. And if he did, I, I, obviously that's a what if, but. You know if he did stay healthy last year, I guess we're in the perfect time to give him that chance. Again, he just never got called back up, and he came back pretty like early on in the season before you know that Calder Cup run right. even came. So I think it they should have sure. given him that shake there. And I again, that's that- to my point. There is like, why didn't we like call him back up when we were trotting out Tokarski, You know, when Anderson was still hurt, and we you know we were playing Subban every once in a while and these random goalies. You know, it seems like he was pushed to the wayside last year, and that kind of is carrying my conversation over it now.
1: Yeah, I, I just I, – I didn't view it as pushing him to the wayside. I viewed it as he's coming off an injury. Let's not rush him back to the NHL. Let's have him play with the Amherst again. Well, I
0: think he did. He played for a few weeks with the Amherst, and then, and then that was it. And then he ended up getting hurt again at the end of the season. And then <laughs> Dell Del was playing. But he never got called back. He played like a few more weeks with the Amherst, and then I was like, all right, I think he's – you know, he should be good now. Let's get him up there. and, yeah, and then ended. he got hurt. It was a long time though, dude. It was a while before he got hurt again.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, if the guy's getting hurt, like, left and right, he's gotten hurt, what, three times in a season last year? Like, come on. Like, figure – he's got to figure himself out. Just
0: because someone's getting hurt, you just throw him to the wayside? No, I
1: just – I'm not ready to give him a number one spot on the NHL team yet.
0: Yeah, I mean – When he plays 35
1: games a year. No, that's exactly – you're saying he's not going to get a shot this year. We're going in circles. You're just saying he's not going to get a shot this year. I'm saying he's definitely going to get I'm a shot saying this year.
0: I, I I stepped back, and I said it was a separate thought that I just think that he's being pushed to the wayside more than people are just thinking. I I, I that's I, what I'm saying. I just
1: think that they're they're being more careful with
0: him and thinking that he's developing slower. Right, well, than. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that works out that way. Um, it's not
1: like he doesn't have a contract. And next year, I mean, we only have Comrie in the NHL, so it's definitely his spot if he earns it this year.
0: Yeah, we come to an end of the UPL <laughs> goalie discussion here. Um, for the record, last thing I will say on it is he played nine games for the Sabres last year, 2.74 goals against average, .917 save percentage. Pretty good. Nine games. Thoughts?
1: Thoughts? <laughs> it was <laughs> nine games.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, well, Comrie only played 19. So, um, All right. Next order, of business. I think that was all the UFAs the Sabres went after so far, right? There wasn't anyone else? Any other signings, I don't think? No, besides Lawrence Pilot. Yeah, so that was my next thing I was going to say. Lawrence Pilot is back with the Sabres. Um, Sabres fans, you probably know who he is. Uh, Played with the Sabres, what, three or four years ago at this point. He played a little bit up on the the Sabres, mainly with the Amherst. Went over to the KHL uh, after it was kind of a gong show with the Sabres. He didn't want to be here. Went overseas. And now he's back. So we signed him to a one-year contract worth $750,000. One of the classic Sabres $750,000 contracts. and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I guess it's just see what he's got, there's no really downside to this. Um, this was a guy I think that a lot of Sabres fans were really high on. He never really, you know, as funny as it is, because we were just talking about upl and me saying he's never really got a chance. Lawrence Pilot was one of the guys that never really got a chance, and uh, for the Sabres, he was almost kind of. Will Borgen-esque where Borgen like didn't really get a chance either. And then he came up and he played pretty good until, you know, obviously he went to Seattle in the expansion draft, but pilot, I only think played a, you know, a handful of games up with the Sabres. Um, you know, I don't think he really did that. Well, he didn't do that bad either, but then season was over. He dipped the scene to the KHL, but he's now back again. I don't think there's a downside to this. Maybe he comes over and he's a, you know, he's a great little player and he, and he slots in with the Sabres and he's uh, one of our six defensemen moving forward. Um, you know, if he sucks, then we're done with him. So, I don't really see how you're mad about this. I guess the question is now, like, is he going to start with the Sabres this year? Like, is he going to be on the Sabres when we go into our first game? Or is he going to be down? Like, does he even have the, is his contract structured? Where can he even play in Rochester? Like, what's the deal with this guy? Do you even know?
1: Yeah, I don't, I've, I believe it's a two-year deal. So, I mean, he could play. No, it's a one-year er, deal. Sorry, two-way deal. Oh, okay. So, he could go up and down between the Sabres and Amherst without having to clear waivers. So, if he, he could start in Rochester, could start in Buffalo. You know, I don't know if Labushkin's signing is going to block him from playing in Buffalo. Yeah,
0: well, so if you if you think about it, if we're running through a defenseman now, you're obviously going to have Darlene, Power, Samuelson, Yoki Haru, Bryson, and Labushkin, right? You have six defensemen right there that are most likely going to be on the savers, right? So, that's six defensemen. You're obviously going to carry an extra one. Well, um, I...
2: But I don't even yeah. know who
0: else we have, right? Like, I mean, you know... Bryson. You said earlier... I already counted him in. That's part of the six. Power, Dalene, Samuelson, Yogi Haru, Bryson, Labushkin. So, that's uh, six right there. Like you yeah. said earlier in the episode, we're not obviously bringing back Colin Miller. We're not bringing back Pissick. I believe he actually signed somewhere else. We're not bringing back Will Butcher. So, I mean, Casey Fitzgerald
1: is still there. Yeah, I, I guess know.
0: Casey Fitzgerald, maybe he's... You know, it's going to be a battle between, I guess, maybe Fitzgerald and Pilot for that sixth defensive spot. So... I guess now we're talking about this, like he might not even be on the Sabres to start the season here. It's going to have to earn his spot back. But I guess you can't be mad at the signing, right? No, I mean, he's hopefully better than when
1: he left the Sabres. He's got a few more years of hockey under his belt. I know he's playing, what, in the KHL,
0: I believe? Yep, he played in the KHL the past two years in 2020, 2021. He played 57 games. He had seven goals, 21 assists for 28 points. And then this past year... In the KHL, same team. Only played 40 games. He had no goals and 11 assists. Um, so, I mean, he's not like a super, like, I don't know. He's not putting up a ton of points. I mean, in Rochester, he did. Like, his first year in Rochester, he played 30 games, and he put up 26 points before getting called up to the Sabres. Yeah, but he's he's also still fairly young, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's 26 20. years old. He'll be turned 27. Um, I mean, if anything,
1: if anything, he'll be a good defenseman for the Amherst. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's you, you sign him for the league minimum, a two-way contract. If he isn't good for the Sabres, you know, keep him in Rochester and hopefully help that team win. And I think that's fine.
0: Yeah. I think it's as simple, it's as, simple as that. Um, yeah. So, pilot back. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other, like, Sabres signings or anything that kind of happened with the Sabres before we move on. I don't think there really was. It was just kind of Labushkin, uh, Comrie, and then Pilot. So, not like a whole, like you said, at the beginning of the episode. Not anything like super flashy from the Sabers. I mean, it's kind of what we expected. Again, I've been preaching patience a lot over the past few weeks. So, um, I don't know if any other fans were expecting some big signings or something, but this is kind of what I expected going into it. Just kind of fill the gaps, fill the needs that we have, um, and then just kind of try to settle this roster before training camp starts and, and go into this this year. You know, with some decent expectations, but again, not you know not anything to kind of think that we're going to, you know, do something unbelievable. Um, I think the biggest shocker of the entire free agency, just in, in terms of NHL was Johnny Goudreau signing in Columbus. That made no, absolutely think, no sense to me. I don't
1: think anybody saw that coming. I mean, because here, here's Columbus wasn't even like in the running going into free agency.
0: Right. Well, he, here's the thing that I don't understand. And I know this isn't Talk, but I just wanted to like get your thoughts on it because It just made no sense to me because of, okay, so one, okay, so he didn't want to stay in Calgary. We get it. The whole thing was he wanted to go back somewhere east. He wanted to go back to home, closer to home. That's like New Jersey. So that's like Philly or New Jersey. Like those were the two teams. It's like, all right, Philly's going to try to clear up cap space to sign Goudreau or, you know, Jersey has a lot of cap space already. He doesn't go to either of those teams, but then he still takes less money to go to Columbus, which is a non, which, you know, really isn't really a competitor for the Stanley Cup right now. So it just, none of the like things add up where it's like, you're taking less money. You're not really going back home and you're also not really going to a cup contender. Right. So it's like, I I don't understand really the thought process going into his decision. Again, I don't like care. And you know, he obviously has his own personal reasons and why he did that. And good for him. I mean, he's still making a ton of money, even though he left a ton on the table. It just doesn't really add up to me. I'm just kind of, but the money, so the money thing, the money thing is, is overblown
1: because he was offered what 10 million a year to stay in Calgary, and he ended up taking like million.
0: No, oh, he was offered like 10 and a half, dude. Like, he was offered like a bag. Yeah, but I was looking at that's like, like the, the whole like, the thing in Calgary. They're like, they're like making memes on it, like on the weather reports and stuff. They're saying like it's like a lot. I mean, it's per year, too, dude. That's like a, a million and a half like per year over seven years. Like, I mean, that's a lot of money.
1: I, I but I was looking like the income taxes in, in Ohio are like crazy low compared to Alberta. So okay, I think like after that, tax, it's okay, not but, even
0: that, okay. It's either way, that bad. All right, maybe it's not that bad, but either way he could have made more money, like injured, like I'm saying like, he's not even going to a cup contender and he could have made more money going back home. Well, do you I think guess, Jersey's like, a cup contender if they sign him? No, but it's like closer to home is what, yeah. what he said. Like, and and yeah. he would have made more money as well. Like there was also reports that he would have made more money in Jersey and Philly as well. Like, that's why it doesn't make sense. Is be, and I guess maybe the income tax thing he was, playing that into a factor. Jersey has pretty high taxes as well. So maybe that's a thing, but it was just those three things. It's like less money, not come contender, not really close to home. It's like, okay. It's just, yeah. It was just like shocking. Uh, yeah. I guess the one thing is like,
1: I don't view either Philly or Columbus or sorry, Philly or Jersey as cup contenders either. If they sign them, uh, I get like the close to home like that. That was, that was the, the only big, thing. That was a big reason why he was looking at those teams. And cause they had the cap space to sign them for a contract like that. But yeah, I mean, Columbus was – it's it's just weird. I don't know. I just don't think any of those three teams are a threat with Johnny Gurdjoe to win the cup this year. I don't even know if any of those teams are even going to make the playoffs with Johnny just Johnny this year. Um,
0: yeah, actually, like, now that I'm thinking about it, though, like – and I still don't think – I still think it's very weird that Columbus is not a cup contender, but I actually do the think Columbus is better the- than those two teams, yeah. I agree. Like, yeah. I mean, the Devils did
1: have a big, uh, big offseason here. I mean, they did get um, – they got the defenseman from Pittsburgh that they I like, but they gave Marino. up their other
0: defenseman, Smith, who's good too.
1: They signed uh, Palat, which I'm guessing they would have not been able to sign if they did get Goudreau. Right. Um,
0: yeah, that was the other signing I forgot about, Palat to Jersey, which is an interesting one because he's, he's really good, and I think they got him at a good number. It's just he's a little bit older. And then they
1: also, Jersey also made the trade to get uh, what's his face from Boston, Holla. Um, And then they had the number two pick overall in the draft. They got that big defenseman who I don't know if he, he's going to play right away. They also signed someone else, I I thought, on, on the right side. Didn't they not sign a, another big defenseman?
0: Um, I mean, are you thinking of like the Penguins trading for Petrie? Um. <laughs> The Penguins low-key kind of, like, made some moves, too. That's the other thing that we could talk about quick is, like, like, these teams aren't rolling over. Like, that was your whole thing. Like, the Sabres going in next season, the teams in their division. Like, the Penguins made some pretty good moves here. I think they're going to be good again this year. Um, Boston, Krejci, I think, is coming back, and Bergeron's coming back. Like, they're making moves, too. So, I don't know. It's These teams that, that know their windows are still here, and they're closing kind of soon, you know, they're making the necessary moves to kind of extend their windows for that extra year or two. So. I, don't know, I think it's still going to be a tough division here in the Sabres division. But. Yeah,
1: and the Rangers got uh, Trocheck, which I thought was yeah, – I mean, the they paid Rangers a lot it, for him,
0: mm. but um, yeah, I, I mean, like, the like Trocheck. I think the reason – the the analysis behind that one is they were able to get his annual his average annual value down, but they signed him for pretty long term. So that could be like a, a post-op type contract if he doesn't pan out in the past like three – the last like three years of his contract. Yeah. So they kind of like made sure they gave him more terms so they could get that 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 uh, money down. But I, you know they're in win now mode. But I don't know. Did you find out whoever the Devils were going after? that you thought. Did you think that maybe like the Petrie trade was what they were doing? Or because that was the yeah. Penguins. The Penguins got rid of Marino, who's yeah. the right-handed defenseman, but they traded for Ty Smith from Jersey, who's that young lefty defenseman, a little bit of a down year last year, but I think he's really good. And then they just went out and traded for Petrie to fill the the gap of uh, of Marino leaving. So. I don't know. I kinda of like what the Penguins are doing. Obviously they brought Malkin back and Latang. Um, but yeah, I don't they, know. I don't know the movie you're thinking of with, with Jersey. They also um,
1: they got the goalie from Washington. Vanasek. Oh, Vanachek? Yeah. Yeah. I know Was- that he, he's Washington signed Kemper. Yeah. But I, I think Jersey had a decent off season. I mean, Ottawa has been like oh, the Ottawa team that everybody, yeah. everybody's talking about. I mean, they got – we already talked about um, them snagging – the the Debrinket from Ottawa and then they also – or sorry, from
0: Chicago, and they also signed uh, Giroux. Yep. I think he's from that area, so I think that was a big reason for that. And then they obviously um, – I don't know. They, re, they re-signed one of their young players, Norris, who had like 35 goals last year as well, so –
1: after these moves mm-hmm. in this free agency, I'm I'm like not as confident as my take that the Sabers might be able to sneak in the playoffs this year, because I just That's what think I was
0: that, trying to say I was trying to tell you that these teams are not going to die early. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: I didn't see Ottawa doing what they were doing though. Like that, that was like ma- they had some massive moves. I mean, let's like what are the like what other? I
0: think the Ottawa had another move uh, that um, I really liked. I forget, but what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say on the term on the uh, topic of Ottawa, real quick, is I forgot. I wish I could find. I tried to look up the tweet, but I think so. Back in the day, this just shows how incredibly important, like draft oh, they got capital. It. Yeah, but this this just shows how incredibly important. Like we we've talked about this like a while, but it just shows that making these big trades, like kind of like Vegas did for Eichel. Um, And then back in the day when the Sharks made the trade for Eric Carlson from Ottawa, and it just shows how important draft capital is in drafting the right players is because Ottawa traded Eric Carlson to San Jose for, you know, I forgot what the exact trade was, but it was picks and everything. And and I saw a tweet the other day that the pick ended up that they got from ended up being this Norris guy who scored 35 goals last year and that they just signed to a long term deal. There was something else that came back into it. I think it was like the, the, the uh, Timmy Stutzel, the, the guy that they drafted. That was a draft pick mm-hmm. that, that they got in that trade. So all of these things that happened, what, five, six years ago, whenever that trade went down for sending Eric Austin to San Jose, it's all like coming up now, and it's all like, paying off and, and and showing that it mattered like you can't just always go for the big fish like the draft capital and building a team from a core matters and i think that's like i'm saying this because i think it relates to the sabers in terms of well with, yeah i mean look at with, look at with yeah and they you know give up michael you get talk you get Krebs, you get a couple more draft picks and then hopefully everything comes together in a few more years so that was i think that was a great example i wish i could find the exact tweet but it was like these, you know, the picks and, and the players or whatever it was that they got back for Carlson are all paying off now. Now they're able to build around it, and I think they have a pretty solid team moving into next year. So I don't know. I thought that was yeah. really interesting.
1: I mean, Vegas basically mortgaged their
0: entire future for a bunch of like big-name signings, and they ended up having to get they rid of for nothing. Yeah, It's insane. So, I mean, I love to see that. I mean, Vegas' organization, you know, Eichel went from one dumpster fire of an organization to another one, it seems. Which is yeah. Hilarious. I don't. I I'm mean, going It's gonna be interesting to see what Vegas looks like this year. I mean, like I think they might
1: be pretty good, but I mean, in the future, man, they're they're kind of screwed. Well, they they lost. uh They also lost Dadanoff mm-hmm. this off season, who was a big part. He was you know he's playing top six minutes for them. Lost Pachurati, top six player. Well, that was
0: also hilarious too because Dadanov was the guy they literally tried to trade at the trade deadline and they, and they like, got rejected. <laughs> right. It's like awkward. And then
1: you have like these guys signed a massive contracts. Like Mark stone is making like nine and a half and he's kind of getting up there in age. Mm -hmm. Eichel's making 10. Um, They also have another one that uh, Petrangelo, I think is on a massive contract. Who's getting up there in age. Um, And then you have like William Carlson who signed like a big contract and he hasn't really been awesome
0: since he had that, what like 30 goal season that one year. Yep. And then In their goalie situation, they screwed up with that Sending shipping out flurry. And then you yeah, know, Leonard hasn't been like, they just, they're just so greedy and it's, it's all, it's all coming back to them. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, they don't like, they didn't even have a first round pick this year. So yeah. they just,
1: their pipeline is shot. And then they also don't have a second round pick next year. Cause we took that from them. So,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. There's free agency and stuff. Last thing I'll touch on here, we'll touch on here before we end up is uh, Sabres development camp. I know you said you had a few questions or had a few thoughts on that. I just want to chime in and say I did. Like I said, I, I did watch some of there's like a three on three. It was like scrimmage. There's like four different teams: blue, gold, you know, white and gray or whatever. They divvied the teams up, um, and then they did like a three on three scrimmage on Saturday. It was live streamed, and I watched a good amount of that. Um, and I mean, dude, the Sabres have some talent in the in the, in the pipeline. Yeah. A couple just notes from watching the 30 minutes that I did. Jack Quinn was by far the most talented guy on the ice. Like That's what everybody seemed to be like saying. Like people, you know, saying that he had a bad playoffs for the Amherst, which he absolutely did. It has to, he had to have been injured or something because he was visibly the best player on the ice. Paterka is a horse, like he's just going out there and he's very visible out there as well. He carries the puck super comfortably. Um and I think people are like that's another guy I think people are kind of sleeping on that I see you know in projected Sabers lineups that a lot of people don't have him making the team I I just have a hard time of him not being on the Sabers next year um, and then and then Yuri Kulich the 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 third first round pick this year that the Sabers had was very impressive like this guy looked so good out there so like he he could be a sneaky guy that you know maybe is up in the Sabers quicker than we think um, he was I think the guy that we take with the Florida Panthers first round pick at twenty eight. Um, that could be Dev- a
1: nice haul for Reinhardt if you have Levi and that guy.
0: Yeah, that, and that was my last point is Levi is just um, – he was the best goalie out there for sure. Um, he he was making incredible saves. There was obviously that one highlight real save that he made on Jack Quinn in the shootout, which was like almost the best of both worlds, right? Because it's like Quinn absolutely deeked the, the socks off of Levi, sick move, and then somehow Levi still makes a save. Um I think it low-key might have went in still, but either way, they called it no goal, and it was just an unbelievable like, acrobatic play by Levi to even have a chance at saving that. So, I mean, everything looked really good in that. Obviously, it's like a development camp, so they're all the same age. Like, everybody's going to look pretty good going against each other. But, I mean, those were my takeaways from it, and um, I don't know. I'm excited for Quinn. Like, he, he really impressed me. If he's, if he's fully yeah. healthy, I think he can be a solid, solid player.
1: I know. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous for Quinn because everybody seems to be hyping him up. I I don't know what what it is about him, and maybe he can like shut me up and prove me wrong. I just think like I get like soft vibes from him.
0: No, see, I get the opposite though. Have you ever seen him play? Like you you, remember, you went to the Amherst game when it was really choked. He gets in the mix.
1: I know, but I just think there's a different mix at the NHL level. I think it's easier to turtle. Like I think we saw that with. Like I don't want him to turn into like a Casey Middlestat. Yeah, and I don't I middle don't, I think middle sets I guess. I don't know. Uh middle sets definitely gotten away from from that, but I just think right when Keatsy Millsat came in the league, he was kind of like I don't know, turtling a little bit. I'm not saying that he's not going to get in. it. I just think I just don't
0: I also think uh, that uh you know, Millsat could have used a year in the AHL kind of like off-rip like Quinn did as well. Like m- maybe a little bit more better managed nowadays than, you know, in this organization with Quinn than yeah. uh you know, when Millsat came in and I mean, Quinn did play two games in the league last year. He has two points in two games, one absolute snipe. So I guess that's I, to the clip said
1: I saw, I saw the, uh, our second pick, Oslin, was making some pretty sick passes.
0: Yeah. I didn't really notice him, to be honest, but okay. I didn't see those. Um,
1: and then I also saw that um, our goalie draft pick didn't look very
0: good. Yeah. I didn't, I, didn't I, don't, I don't think he suited up for the scrimmage. I don't know. He if, got hurt. <laughs> okay. He got hurt. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of people were saying in the first couple of days, he didn't look great. Um, I don't he know anything big. about him. He's a big guy. Just a big the thing, guy. The
1: thing that I love about Levi, and this is kind of backwards because everybody like raves that about big goalies. You want big goalies. I like how Levi's smaller. Cause I like getting like Dominic Hasek vibes from him. So I kind of, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that, but
0: we'll yeah, see. that was like the complete opposite. They were like, so Dunn Levy, Brian Duff and Baron were doing the broadcast and, um, I guess that's the thing with Levi is that, like, he's almost, they were saying he's like the opposite of Hashik because he's so, he's so technical. Like, he, he, like, he's so good at his skating and his, yeah. I mean, I wasn't talking
1: about, like, I know nothing about playing goalie. So I wasn't talking about technique. I was just talking about, like, a size profile.
0: Yeah. It was just funny because it was like they, they literally said, yeah, like, this guy is, they didn't say nothing like, I don't, I don't know what they phrased it, but they were like, it was just kind of like the opposite style of Hashik. Yeah. And as soon as they said that, he made the save on Levi, which was Hashik or on Quinn, which was Hashik like, yeah, so like falling. falling over. Yeah, because so they, they just started laughing about it. They're like, wow, as soon as we say that, he makes this incredible like save. But, yeah, he, he just looked really good. There was other clips of him earlier on in the, in the camp, too, just robbing guys' back backdoor. Um, I don't know. I, I have high hopes for, for – De- I mean, if we're getting back on the goalie train, I have high hopes for this guy. Got to so sign is, him. Gotta is it consensus him. that Quinn makes the team this, this year for sure and maybe Paterka? We don't know. I've just been seeing a lot of people having – even maybe both of them down in the Amherst. I just, I just have a hard time having like, so the thing is, you know, and there's a lot of people that are, a lot of people have like Asplen slotted in the top six forwards. Um, You know, those stat guys love him and, and, and I've come around on Asplen and I think he played pretty well at the end of the year, but I just think the future is with, with Quinn and Paterka. And I think again, kind of as I was saying to UPL, this is a year where you get those guys up in the league and let them play. So, You know, a lot of people, I think, would rather Quinn up than Paterka. I just think Paterka's earned his right to give a chance in the NHL and and see what he's got for an extended period of time because, I mean, his playoffs for the Amherst were unreal. And I just, I don't know. I I think they're have they too good for the AHL now. So it's like, you know, you throw them in the NHL and see what they can do now. That's my opinion. I just have been seeing a lot of people like not having Paterka make the roster, which it, it kind of rattles me every time I see, it, I'm not going to lie. It's just, I, I don't well, know. I mean, you you look at it, right. You have your first, your first line set going into next year with Skinner,
1: Thompson and tuck. Yep. I think your fourth line is pretty much. I don't know. Well, two. I, I mean, yeah. oposo and Gergenson's on your fourth line that are pretty much set. The, the last forward, like, I don't know if it's Hinojosa or if he's going to be your odd man out. Like, and then you still got Bjork. I don't know what, what's going on. With, like, I wouldn't like to see either yeah. of those guys make the roster to start. Well,
0: Bjork's got to get bought out or something. He just can't be on the team. Well, he only, he only has that's one a, more year left. That's like a deal. He's making
1: like a million. So, um, <clears throat> uh, and then the middle, the middle of the lineup gets interesting. Like, you you definitely have well Olsson for sure, uh, Krebs for sure, Cousins for sure, uh, Middlestat probably for sure to start the year but like this is to me this is like a make or break just as just as much as it is for olsen it's it's 10 times more of a make or break season
0: for middle at this yeah. point it was supposed to be last year you just got hurt so it's like we couldn't even tell what we had with him again
1: yeah um but i mean how many how many more times you want to talk about upl always getting hurt how many more times do you want to do this with middle where it's like yeah he's got potential yeah he's got potential but i mean he hasn't put together a full season in, in his entire career yet, so right. at some point you got to move on and let these other guys get a shot but set's definitely going to probably start up in Buffalo I mean he has to, and then Aspen you got him as well I mean you basically only have one spot right this if you're not playing hinstro
0: or bjork like, yeah that's the thing is like the is the is the the, the room there's just not much room i just I feel I like know, I'm think, still missing a guy too i I just think i, I you know the Asplund conversation. I don't know. Um, I mean, we can talk about that like a little bit, but it's just like with the with the Asplund thing is like I and I know I'll get you know murdered by the stat people. They love him. You know, he got like a selkie vote this past year somehow. Um, the the difference between like Asplund, where maybe he's more of a shutdown defender than Paterka or Quinn, is Asplund scores one goal every fifty games. Like, I'll take. That trade-off of maybe Quinn and Paterka being on the team and giving up a you know a few more chances for what they're supposed to if they're scoring and they're you know putting up chances every you know every shift out there like I think that's a trade-off that a lot of people don't understand like I get can be a lockdown defender but other than that he doesn't bring anything to the table and this league now is so high flying and like you need to score goals so it's like I personally I, would not mind play over Asplin I would but I mean maybe there's room I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Asplin playing with. Gergensen's no post on that fourth line yeah I just have to look at the rest of the roster to see if they're you know who else is available out there the I think though, like I wish around. aspen I, I get what he brings to the table and the defensive
1: side like he I'm not going to deny that he's a, he's a good defensive forward and like a shutdown guy but like I, I completely understand what you're saying too like you're not going to play the guy Second or third line minutes if you're not scoring.
0: Yeah. And, and, and the thing is like a post is not physical. physical yeah, like like you have those shutdown guys that on other good teams, like those guys that are shut down, like they still do chip in every once in a while. Like that's just the way the NHL is. Like everybody who plays forward, like has to chip in. And like with the exception of maybe like a Ryan Reeves, where he has obviously one thing out there and like he literally plays one shift a game for the Rangers because he doesn't contribute offensively. Like he only plays when he has to be physical. They literally play him two shifts a game max like he played literally two shifts per game in the playoffs like are we really gonna like want a guy like that on our team that's only playing two shifts a game like I don't know and Aspen's not a guy that's gonna go on like be physical like that too so he I get his role I get he has a purpose but I think you got to chip in more than you know a couple points every now and then so that's kind of my stance on it that's why I'm like really advocating for Paterka and Quinn to be up on the team um, yeah
1: the only thing is though like if you're bringing up Paterka and Quinn like I don't want them playing on the fourth line. Like, I want them playing second or third line. I
0: think they would, and I agree with that. Yeah, you can't bring them up just not to not play.
1: Yeah, my my only concern is, like, we're bringing guys up. Like, it seems like everybody's – and maybe this is a good thing, but it it just seems like we're not – it's not like you're bringing one guy up that's splitting into a lineup that has, you know, been playing together for a while. And that's just the nature of where we're at as a franchise right now. But, you know, it's not like you can – Throwing Alex Tuck on any any one of these guys' lines at this point, they're all going to be playing together, which is kind of scary. But I mean, at the same time, yeah. it's also pretty exciting because they're all going to be brought up together. But you know what you know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah. you can really like shelter a guy. You're not like you throw you throw Quinn on a line with you know Skinner and Tage Thompson. Yeah, and you know, they're two guys that you know score a ton in the NHL.
0: Yeah, uh, no, and think- and again, this like I'll say it again. Like this is, I think, the time when you. You know, it, it does suck that you have to do it that way, or, you know, you can't, like you said, shelter him, but like, this is the time that you, you kind of do that because you're not really expecting to be a top team in the league. It's like, you kind of like, uh, almost like work out the kinks and I think it is the time to do it, but I don't know. Maybe there's a better way to go about it that Granada wants to do, or Kevin Adams wants to do it, but who knows? We'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. But you got anything else before we sign off here? No, good. All right. So as I said, I think, uh, yeah, training camp. I think the Bills uh, rookies actually reported training camp yesterday as you guys were listening to this. And then the vets report in a couple of days. Um, maybe we'll make it over to that. When do you come, when do you come home? Uh, two weeks. Uh, oh, I thought you come back at, like the end, at the end of July, no? Yeah, not this weekend, but the next. And then how long are you home for, like a few weeks? Uh, one week. One week? All right. So we'll see you then. Um, everybody else, thank you guys for tuning in, listening in. Uh, go Bills, go Sabres, as always. And we will talk to you next week. Peace.
2: Whenever I see your smiling face, I have to smile myself because I love you. Yes, I do. And when you give me that pretty little pout, it turns me inside out. There's something about you, baby. Isn't it amazing a man like me can feel this way? Tell me how much longer it will grow stronger every day. Oh, how much longer I thought I was in love a couple of times before with the girl next door. But that was long before I met you. Now I'm sure that I won't forget you. And I thank my lucky stars that you are who you are. Just another lovely lady Sent down to break my heart